and welcome back to the Geeks at the Gates. Uh, this is the second part of our discussion of the Netflix series Glow. Bit of a Geeks at the Gate first. Uh, the last half hour or so of this is the first time ever there's been a conversation on this, this show that didn't include me. And that's because I hadn't seen the last three episodes at the time that this was recorded. Uh, I'm speaking to you to the, from the future now, so I have seen them. And I have to say, I agree with every single word that Hat and Alice had to say about it. So, you know, good to know there's geeky harmony going on. That's about it, really. Nothing else to add. So, just to let you know that there are spoilers for Season 3 of GLOW, uh, and indeed Seasons 1 and 2 of GLOW, throughout. Here is the spoiler horn, and then we'll get on with it. <laughs> Spoilers! Uh, Spoilers! So let's let's move on to Tomei. Um, Tomei Dawson, uh, who is given the character, which again she hates, of Welfare Queen. Tomei is uh, played by the only person in the cast who is actually a wrestler. Yep. Mm. And is still a wrestler when she's not recording Glow. She's still... Wrestling. You can go and see her wrestle. I don't know. I don't know if they're still available because Marin's archive only stays publicly available to, to non-paying customers yeah. for a limited amount of time. But to May Dawson's interview with Mark Marin about her career as a wrestler mm-hmm. is something that everyone should listen to. It's yeah. amazing. I think what's really having to, having to she had to explain to the Japanese wrestling thing. She wrestled in Japan and they wanted to call her Kong. Oh, and she had Christ. to she had to explain and they didn't understand that it culturally it's different perceptions are different connotations are different oh i wish you could all see and she, <laughs> and she <laughs> had to right oh, 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 the things that fuck. she's doing like... she had to explain to the japanese wrestling federation or whatever it's called <sighs> why as a black woman there was no way she was going to be called kong that wasn't happening. And that's not the only kind of shit she's faced in it. Oh, wow, it's that's a, horrifying. It's a fascinating interview. I, I can't... I bet it, it is. I bet it is. But yeah, she's still wrestling. Like, what I find really amazing is so many of these women are not wrestlers and they are working in other... doing whatever else. Um, and, you know, yeah. they're working on this. But when she's not doing Glow, she is wrestling. I think it's really great. Like, it's worth pointing her out. wrestling career has not suffered as a result of Glow. Yeah, although, <laughs> with, with, with the exception of her, uh, you know, they're not wrestling. They all can wrestle to a point. And they do wrestle. They do they their do own wrestle. stuff. They do their own stuff. And yes. they do their own training. They do are trained and they do what they do. Uh, so, you know, that's some dedication to her. Um, she's interesting because, you know, she's not the only character of colour on the show. No. Um, but she's uh, a larger lady. And I think because of that, that's why they get... I mean, they, they don't try and make Cherry Bang Welfare Queen. Because she would have punched Sam's lights out. Yeah, she would! <laughs> I mean, she gets labelled with this Welfare Queen moniker, and, and she hates it, and she, she really does subvert it. And, you know, it's, it's Welfare Queen who... I... Spoilers. <laughs> the matches aren't genuine. They're choreographed and scripted. It's not a real sport. <laughs> Although, before, before you all email in, if you're actual fans of wrestling... Yeah, I know. It is a genuine athletic thing. These people oh, are athletes. Oh, they're athletes. They are athletic actors. Which is addressed in season three, it is. specifically with her character, because yeah. her character is the one who becomes injured, and they yes. address the way that she tries to survive that injury and in she, three, yeah, and, and, and how she, physical it is. She actually... You can't get away with working, yeah, working being injured and not being in at least decent shape. Oh, yeah, shape. absolutely, which but, is what they look but, at. You know, I mean, yeah. The fact I, I like that it was her character who dealt with the injury and trying to power through it. Yes. Because yeah, her character is the welfare queen 
who is portrayed as a scrounger and and you know, you know you're just going to give me your money and I'm just going to sit yeah. here and watch my TV and that was a, that was uh, let's not even pretend that was an attempt at an American accent. Um, <laughs> I'm drama trained, you know. It's, I can't do Sorry, it was so bad. <laughs> no, okay. no, do you know what? Okay. No, no, the one, the one, no, it wasn't as bad as the time you tried to do Australian, so we're just going to let it go. I don't know what you mean, come on. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> uh, it's like Dustin going, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's I was going to do that again. Yeah. From the throat. Far, yeah. From the yeah. throat. Tamei is far from that. Yeah, Tamei will put herself through hell to go to work. Mm, she's the most hardworking. Um, she's amazing. I, I love that, that her character is a direct subversion of the stereotype yes, character she's 100%. given to play. I also um, really love the interaction with her son, where her son is so incredibly horrified by the fact that that's her character. Mm. Yeah. And how she has to... She is... That, that whole thing where he comes to see her wrestle and she, you know, he, he's he's so mortified and she's so upset that he's seeing her yeah. like this. But then they come to sort of this sort of tacit understanding that she's doing this because it pays so this much better. Work. This is work that she can do that will give her a decent wage um, and that she, you and know... she can take care of her family. She can take care of her family, yeah, totally. Is it, um, sidebar, but it's relevant. Have you seen, either of you, Hollywood Shuffle? Yeah. Seek it out. Uh, it's a film because my memory doesn't work. <laughs> I can't remember who the guy that made it and stars in it. I can't remember his name. I see his face right in front of me. But it's a story. Uh, it's from the mid 80s. Uh, it's made by and um, uh, written, directed and starring a uh, black American comedian whose name I can't remember. But it's about an out of work actor who is trying to get acting work as a black male actor mm -hmm. and he goes through he plays the stereotypes he plays there's a he plays the black character in a terrible sitcom which is which which asks the question can a black bat live with a white suburban family uh, and he's he's a black vampire bat who lives with this family uh, and he's he in this terrible sitcom and his his catchphrase is baddie 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 and he, he pulls, you know, ridiculous sort of uh, Uncle Tom faces and all of that. Oh, and boy. His, his like, grandmother yeah. sees that show because he's quite proud of it. You know, this is, he's an actor. This is success. I'm on a show. Yeah. And his grandmother watches it and uh, she's appalled and disgusted with him because this is the 80s. Yep. And his grandmother is in her 70s, which means her parents could have been slaves. Yeah. Um... Time. Yeah, so she's appalled that he's doing it. And he's, but, but grandma, it's work. Yeah. And she looks at him and goes, there's work at the post office. Yeah. And that scene when... Tamei um, and her son. And her son is so upset. Yeah. It reminded me of that. And the final scene of Hollywood Shuffle is great. It's him. It's the actor. Just as a mailman. And you think, you think initially that he's gone to work for the post office but he's actually making a recruitment ad brilliant to the post office that's lovely and the final line is there's always work at the post office brilliant I love and it. it's a beautiful film you should watch it it goes through all of the you know he he, he, he suffers it he suffers, he suffers all, it. all of the things Yikes. that happen to black actors in film you know he, 
he's he's in a film and he's the first guy to die and he's a, yeah it's it's a really good movie it's brilliant so seek it out he also made a, a, a superhero comedy called Meteor Man uh, which is probably easy to find but yeah Hollywood Shuffle it's a real classic mm. um, but yeah it, it put me in mind of of that because Tamei makes the other decision. Yeah, she's... Tamei makes the decision that, no, do you know what? Screw it. I, I'm not here to change society. I can't change society. Yeah. Um, but these guys will pay me to do this. Yeah. And this allows me to put food on my table yes. and a roof over my son's head. And if that's what when I've got to... When from college. Yeah, if that's what I've got to do as a parent yeah. to, to, to take care of my responsibilities, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. Because she's a good parent. Yeah, she's fantastic. She drives all night to see her son, and yeah. then drives all the way back to like do her thing. She's a fantastic. She's character. just she's fantastic. great. I love her. Um, and since we mentioned her, the other black woman, Cherry Bang. Cherry Bang. She is a badass stunt coordinator. She's a stunt coordinator, and her husband is a stuntman. And her husband is a stuntman. She, yeah. She 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 in... takes no shit for anyone. Yeah. Except at the beginning of season two, and it's horrible mm. and awful, and she is taking shit. And I think what's interesting there is like. In season one, she takes no shit from anyone. Everyone is like, you know, she, they would do what she says, mm-hmm. the end, get on with it, suck it up, exercise, oh, work. Yeah. And then at the beginning of season two, the reason Yolanda arrives is because she's left. Because mm-hmm. she's got work in a TV series as an actor, not as a stunt actor, yeah. as an actor. And they do the thing that they do to so many, and still do, and dare to black women, which is to chemically straighten her hair. And it just oh, destroys it. horrifying. Yeah. But to, no, it's awful, and, and that's the whole thing that just it—that's it, what breaks her and brings her back to yeah. wrestling, and she becomes a different character. Yeah, it's a whole other racial stereotype yeah. because Terry Bang, Terry Bang starts out as Junk Chain, who is a rapper. Yes. Um, Yolanda's Junk Chain is a break dancer. It's a whole yeah. different thing. Um, <laughs> they have, they, do they not have a Junk Chain off at one point in season I think two? They do yeah. <laughs> um, when Cherry Bang comes back, she's Black Magic, the Voodoo Priestess. Yes, she is. So you know, and that is what would have happened in the eighties. It totally is. Um, it's a, clearly a racist stereotype. Yeah. Um, but again, it, this is glow, so it's done in a way all that, are. Yeah. that we all see that yes, this is a racist stereotype. I mean, I mean, even even down to um, uh, Melrose, she is essentially uh, she's she's portrayed as the uh, archetypal Jewish American princess. Yeah, like so that is in and of itself another yeah. racial, racial stereotype. stereotype. It's just that she's white. Yeah. So it's yeah. still a stereotype. So, yeah, so, uh, so uh, Cherry Bang, she's vulnerable in many ways. Yes. As, as many people, I was going to say many women, but many people. Many people are, yeah. Who present this badass persona are actually quite very fragile on the inside, which is why they have the badass persona. Yep. Her particular, I said we'd, we'd come back to how Sam is cruel to her. She's no, she's brought in, She, she Sam brings her in because he knows her. Yeah. She's done stunt coordination. Uh, on, on his movies uh, and he's worked with her and her husband before so he brings them in uh, yeah well he brings her in and he and her husband sort of and comes he, along they need a referee they need so a referee is. so there he is um, but she had lost uh, a pregnancy um, and it's clearly very I mean, she's it's raw she's she's clearly still grieving yeah and it's it's very raw and it's a very raw thing between her and her husband as well you know they're both Still grieving the loss yep. of this child. Sam uses that to very brutally put her in her place. Yeah. And it's, it's Melrose, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Melrose hears this and uses that knowledge to play, again, 
a vicious, cruel, she is not a nice despicable girl. prank in which she pretends to have a miscarriage in the ring yeah. at a training session. Um, which goes down about as well as you'd imagine. It's not mm. cool. Um, and that rawness uh, and that issue in between her and her husband. And the reason she, the Maris does that is because she's pissed off because she's being pushed so hard. Yeah. So this is how she fights back. Like, yeah. there, there is, it's not like, it doesn't come out of, I think this is going to be funny. It's a, I am directly it's attacking a, yeah, you I am personally. Getting, I am getting back at you for making me do my job. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, this, this thing between her and her husband, this, mm. this grief, this loss, they react to it in different ways. That comes to a head in season three. Yeah. When they're trying for a baby. And they're doing all the things that people are trying for babies do, um, which oddly involves bonking a lot. But also taking your temperature, taking a lot. your temperature a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. in the eighties. Now you can pee on a different stick, <laughs> uh, and your iPhone can tell you what's happening uh, um, in the downtown. And she, she, I don't eventually... think I want my iPhone now. What's going on down there? <laughs> right? I know it's terrifying. None of my. Well, particularly because Siri knows that everything that you put in your iPhone and. <laughs> Everything you put your iPhone in. So, um, no, no. It, it's none of my phone's business. I mean, I don't have an iPhone, thank Christ. Yeah. But I have a Huawei, but well, I don't Huawei. Huawei, Huawei. <laughs> um, I really want I, them to bring out a Huawei Five O. Oh yes. The uh, marketing department is Please edit in a round of applause for yourself, Ben. The, the, the market. <laughs> I've got the Badoon Tish thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, but no, yeah, the, 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 I don't Huawei's, want the Chinese knowing what's going on. Huawei's now. marketing department. <laughs> Is is missing a trick there? They really are. Oh wow! Um, so, <laughs> that is none of their best. <laughs> no, it's true. No, well, particularly, yeah. particularly because Huawei is a par- If you listen to the paranoid people, Huawei is owned by Chinese intelligence. So. Yeah, amazing. And Cherry, Cherry in season three decides that actually, do you know what? I don't think I want this. I don't think I want a baby. But also, she's talking about like how she doesn't want to lose her career, which yeah. I think is mm. a very eighties. Thing. Like a lot of women were in the 80s turning around and going, Do you know what? I don't, I want my career. I want to do my job. Yeah, I don't I want, want to be a stay at home parent. Yeah. And, and then from Debbie, and what's the name of the dance teacher? Oh, I don't remember the dance teacher's name, but yeah, the dance teacher, because they, they do a wonderful, the, the class with the showgirls is one of my favorite episodes in the whole season. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying for Debbie for so many reasons, but I, I, I know showgirls. It's just a fact of my life. I know showgirls. And I know that what, they are... You mean the film? No, no. I literally know, know actual... actual showgirls and people who were showgirls. Oh. And, like, like that is... Uh, they are... That's their life. It is rigid. It is difficult. They all have to be the same height, the same weight, everything. And in the 80s especially, they were literally weighing them. And it is just horrifying, this shit people lived through. But um, that whole thing where the girls are trying to, to cope with it and can't... And then, obviously, she has that conversation with the, the dance teacher, because Cherry gets the, the, basically the dance teacher to, to beast them, yeah. to make them work, because they don't know how to work. Um, and she obviously, it turns out, she's lost her job because she had a kid. And that whole thing, for Cherry, is a massive wake-up call. Yeah. Like, look at what I have to lose, rather than look at what I stand to gain. And what yeah. if, I, you know, and I feel like there's a lot well, of subtextual what will what, what happen if I lose it again. She's also thing. got uh, the example of Debbie. Yeah. Who has a young, a, a toddler. Who's <laughs> running around the casino. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it's a huge problem. You know, De- Debbie is now living in Vegas. Her son is in LA. She doesn't see him. Um, you know, and there's that whole trauma going on. And, but it's, 
it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Not just for her as a character, but I mean, it's a fairly big deal. It's a fairly big deal now when a woman says, Do you know what? I don't want to have kids. Yeah. Um, More I, importantly, she says, It's my body. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and again, very relevant to the world at large. Flow doing the thing again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a conversation that is happening in the world at large now. It's mm. like, you know, it's my body, my choice. It's just yeah. such a huge and important issue currently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I, just, I, I don't have kids. No. That's a deliberate choice that we made. Yes. And I don't get shit for it anymore. My wife does. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm so glad I'm in my late 40s. We have finally reached the age where, where we, when we now say to people, we didn't want children. People don't say to us anymore, oh, you'll, feel, you'll feel differently when you've got your own. Really fed up with people telling me I'll change my mind. <laughs> really fed up. I'm 36. I'm gay. I'm married to uh, another person who is also gay. Uh, there is no accidental way. That's a reasonable coincidence. Yes, but there's, there's no way, there's no accidental way that it could possibly happen. Like the financial outlay for people like us in our, our situation to actually have kids is vast and enormous. I have friends who have done it and that's kind of cool yeah, and chill. Fine. But it's like, it's a huge, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. The yeah. end. And like, do you understand how difficult it would be me to do it if I wanted to? Like, yeah. why would why yeah. would I do this from a sad pressure point of view? It's madness. See, I have the opposite happening to me now, which is probably kind of, yeah, again, it gives me faith in humanity. Like, we're actually so lucky. <laughs> I never really had anyone that say, oh, you'll think differently when you get older. Mm. Um, it was more like, you know what, Alice? You don't have to have one kid. Like, it's great. And it's, I'm so happy like, for you. <laughs> I genuinely know I am. No, it's I'm I'm surrounded really by pe- and mostly surrounded by people who are like, I'm not sure if I would want to have kids and I wouldn't want to force that on people either. I mean, I suppose... In fact, I would argue maybe you shouldn't have kids unless you really, you want, really them. want them. Agreed. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. God knows there are, there are enough terrible parents out there. Yeah. That was, that was always my answer. There are enough terrible parents on yeah. the world doesn't need one more. No. I, I say one more because my wife would have made an excellent parent if she wanted to be one. <laughs> I would have been a terrible parent. But that's kind of, I mean, it is a big deal for a woman to, to, to come out and say that now. Yeah. In the 80s. Huge. Uh, I mean, that was what women were for. Yep, very much. Um, and, you know, it was controversial. In the 80s, female newsreaders were still getting letters from people, from women, who were telling them that they were stealing a job from a man. That was still happening. Moira Stewart. Moira Stewart. I was going to say Paul Moira Stewart. Moira Stewart, Jan Leaning. These women got grief for doing men. See, I want jobs. to slam my head against the table now. But Please I don't. Know... This is a very fragile table. Yeah. I put it together today. It's really not put together very well at yeah. all. But I know how. <laughs> but I was about, as I was about to say. But I know how fragile this table is. But I really <laughs> want to to smash so, my head against. Yeah, you know, I mean right the eighties. The eighties. You know what, the 80s were fantastic. They were also horrifying. So horrifying. Um, was were... it maybe a good thing that I wasn't alive yet? Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's great. No, it's really good because you have this perspective, which makes me sound like I'm a condescending asshole. You have this perspective of people who are just going to you, yeah, you don't have to have kids. That's cool. Whereas people of my generation, which is only like one generation back almost, mm. like what, am I 10 years older than you? Yeah, well, we've we already established. We're, we're, we're a split. We're there are 20 years. Yeah. I'm from the 80s, you're from the 90s, 90s. and you're from the noughties. So basically... Essentially. Basically, I'm still of the generation of people going, oh, the body clock's ticking at me and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, seriously, please look at what you're talking to. Like, yeah. really? Um, I mean, I do. I do. And, 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 do you know what? I, 
I have actually said to people, you know what, I would like to have a child, but under the right circumstances. And I've had somebody say, oh, well, you've only got minutes left, even though I'm... When you're my age, you've got minutes left. I mean, admittedly, this came from somebody who's a bit of an arsehole. Well, to be honest, if they they weren't a bit of an arsehole, they wouldn't have been telling you that anyway. Yeah, right. uh, So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cherry Bang is my hero. Who have we not talked about? We've not talked about Rhonda. Rhonda is so important in this season. I think um, in season three, she's very, very important. And the other person who is important consistently all the way through from season one onwards, without whom there would not be Glow, is Carmen. Carmen yes. becomes their de facto fight coordinator. Yeah. Carmen to- comes from a long line of wrestlers. Her yeah. brothers are wrestlers. She's the only person there that has any understanding or experience of it's wrestling. It's Carmen who takes, uh, in season one, it's Carmen who takes Debbie and Ruth to her house. Yes. Where they have a wrestling ring in the backyard <laughs> so that her brothers can show them how to wrestle. Yeah, probably. And her brothers, her brothers, because it's the 80s and they're protective big brothers... Yes. Do not want Carmen doing this. No. This is not what women do. However, I do love the scene in season three where she's doing her brother's hair. That gives yes. me great joy. I love that. It's but, so but lovely. I, also, I loved... Beautiful family moment. I loved the... Uh, when, she, when she first takes... And um, it's also when it's clear that he actually... Belie- well, it's actually prior to that that he believes yeah, in her. He believes yeah. in her. And he's like... You know what? You should come on the road but he's with a, us. But he's yeah. accepting. Yeah, yeah. totally. And lovely. I, I, there's a beautiful... He has a journey. Yeah. To get there. There's a, there's a beautiful moment a when <laughs> when Carmen first takes first takes uh, Ruth and Debbie to her house, mm-hmm. and her brothers are sitting on the porch. Um, uh, and I said, "No, we, we we can't, we can't, I can't, we can't train these women." And she's like, no, I'm not wrestling. Just train these two. Yeah. And it's like, I know we're really, really busy. She just looks like it. You've got Pringles down your shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. You're sitting on the porch, you've got Pringles down your <laughs> yeah. shirt. Yeah. Don't you tell me you're busy. Yeah. It's great. I um, love the family dynamic. Carmen's, Carmen's great. Um, she wrestles under the name Machu Picchu. Yes. She is of Mexican? No. She, no she's half she. black. She explains it oh, in she, the last episode oh, yes. of the season. I missed what the first... Half black, half, half, half mixed. I can't remember what she says, but she well, says she said, her mum's black is what she yeah. says in the last and episode. Dad's mi- I think she says her dad's mixed, but uh, yeah. doesn't specify what. Doesn't say about what the mix is. Yes. So yeah, so she see yeah again. No, we'll no, normally, season four, fingers crossed. <laughs> normally we wouldn't go into such depth about the ethnicity of people. No, but, but race it was, is incredibly. But race important. is important in the show, but also Very. in the eighties it mattered. Mm, yeah, in a way that it doesn't now, but did then. I, I don't know. I think some people still get. Asked, so where are you from, really? I'm from. Oh, from oh Leeds. Yeah. No, yeah. where are you from, really? Mm, yeah. I'm from yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, where are your parents from? Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a real, it's a real thing. Um, oh, but she's... oh god, can I just a little story? <laughs> so, just as I was starting at where I work mm-hmm. at the moment, mm-hmm. I won't specify where somebody else was leaving, and I think it was on his last shift. And oh my god, what a thing to experience on your last shift! And he, he's black, he's from Leeds, and this typical like, elderly woman came up to him and, and she said, "I'm planning Swahili at the moment." What language do you speak? Oh, 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 the pain! Oh, that's brilliant. the horror. 
it's, it's up there with the are you a foreigner from that woman that said that to my dad yeah because he's you know oh, did I... tanned I did, I did tell you about the lady at Bodium yes, Castle didn't I you did could you tell me why you're here <laughs> and he went English but no this was a this was I a woman English. this was a woman who was sitting opposite uh, on the table next to us at a pub in Bodium which is in the south somewhere Sussex I think and just to give you to give you an idea of how posh this woman was one of the things we overheard her say to her husband and I presume daughter was it's the queen lovely girl but no sense of style so, you know that was her and she, she leaned over to me and Lizzie and I was like sorry could you tell me why you're here? And we genuinely didn't understand the question. I, I think she was fed up with tourists, because it's near Bodium Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she was fed up with tourists coming into her lovely village pub. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think she wanted to find out who was directing the tourists. To the her. thing. So, so, so we didn't say, that was the bloke in the car park at the castle. Yeah, right. We didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Meanwhile, my dad just happened to be, you know, he had a very curly, curly dark dark hair and he was very very tanned he was wearing a panama hat and therefore according to a woman at newbie hall looked foreign um so yeah there's there's some fun weird somethingism in 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 england thanks thanks y'all england's weird about race basically (laughs) yeah and race is very important in glow because of the nature of the names of the characters the stereotypes that they have to portray and also and the way the 80s the 80s were the way tv was in the 80s but just just to finish on carmen yeah i think it's fair to say carmen i think is the heart of the show i love carmen she's she's, well ruth said that to her yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Ruth, I think. You are the whole show. To quote, to, yeah, to quote Ruth, she's <laughs> the whole show. Um, and I know we've, we've touched on Britannica a couple of times, which is perhaps an unfortunate way of wording it. Britannica, who is Rhonda, who is the English uh, person who followed Duran Duran on tour to the US and therefore got stuck there with no green card and had to marry Bash. Uh, a marriage of convenience for both of them. Yep. Except that she actually kind of likes him and uh, he's a big gay. So that's not going to work out so well in season four, I feel. Yeah, we're talking about season four. We don't know for sure. Please God, that's season, season four. four. Especially with the way Netflix has been Netflix, Netflix has a habit of cancelling its original series, series after three seasons. Do you know what I'm really hopeful of, though? Genji Kohan, who is the producer of Orange is the New Black, is the mm. producer on GLOW, and I'm really fingers crossed that Orange is the New Black ran for seven seasons? Eight seasons, yeah. I would say? So maybe GLOW will get pushed well, in the same way. And time. I think GLOW has the audience. Oh, yeah. Um... It's got it's got a cast that people like. It's yeah. got a cast with some names in it. Yes. Yeah. You know, right. Mark Maron has acted in a scene with Robert De Niro. Now, you know, he's a proper actor now. Wow. Um, it's in the Joker movie, which means I'll probably never see it. But um, God, no, thank you. But you know, I mean, these are people who have got some acting chops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ruth, uh, uh, Ruth, Zoya Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. She, you know. So you know, it's got pedigree. I I don't see why it wouldn't get yeah. a fourth season. I really, really hope it does because it's there's got, so much. It's it, got legs. And the cliffhanger at the end of the okay. season. I'll tell you it's what. Huge. I'll tell you what. <laughs> By the time I finish editing this, <laughs> I will have seen the last episode. Cool. So we're, I mean, we're getting we're getting close. <laughs> we're getting close to the ninety minute mark here. Um, I'm going to leave the room for a couple of minutes. Uh, and so you we two, can talk you two, about the last three episodes. You two can talk cool. about the we last haven't covered all the characters though. Episodes. Who have we missed out? We've missed out. Um, uh, we've haven't oh, talked we about Melrose and Jenny Che and oh god, Jenny and the twins. Okay. Oh my god, the Dawn twins. and Stacey. Dawn and Stacey are a nightmare. 
That's all I have to say about Donna's Day scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they, they have the least they good work ethic. They are drug fuel. What is, what they is... smoke a lot of pot. Yeah. And yeah. don't give much of a shit. Well, they have the work ethic of somebody who smokes a lot of pot. Yeah, true. And, you know, no, no shade and on... And in all on... fairness, they play old ladies, so... Yeah, yeah they play the beat-down biddies. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, yeah. That's that. And we've got... And they have a little homophobic moment that makes me want to slap them both at the face. More interesting is Melrose. Melrose is great we've, we've touched, and awful We've and touched dreadful. on, on what, Saying what that, she does though, cherry I think... Was it episode six when they went out into the desert? Yeah, the whole section. This is the thing. We need to talk about um, Jenny and we need to Actually, talk about Je- Melrose. Yeah. Shall we talk about them together because yes. of that scene? And the because desert. they are best friends and because yeah. of what happened transpires prior to that. We've talked about the okay. fact that the characters are racist caricatures. Yeah. They so play we said, uh, Mel- Melrose, Melrose is a, uh, a stereotypical Jewish American princess. Yep. Jenny is fortune cookie. Um, oh God! She's Chinese Cambodian. Um, she's a refugee. She is, which we discover in. She's a that first episode. generation refugee. Uh, she escaped the Cambodian. The, the Cambodian. Genocide. The Cambodian boat people were a thing in the eighties. Huge thing. Um, and such a beautiful, like basically a monologue from her. Oh, it's stunning! Yeah. It's horrifying, and, and I, I cried. Just a lot. Set, I had to put that costume on every night. Just, just yeah. to set, just to set the scene. Uh, there is an episode of Glow. Yeah. In which. The character, the women swap characters. So they are understandably um, bored. Ruth plays Ruth plays Liberty Bell. Debbie plays brilliantly. I have to say. Yeah. Debbie plays Zoya the Destroyer. Brilliantly. brilliantly. I have to say. And they all do it because of Tamei's back injury. Yeah. yeah. Tamei wants yeah. to be a beat down bitty, bitty because you know she needs Tamei to use. She did a really great job. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, this is the episode when Sheila enters the ring as something other than the She Wolf. And she basically goes in as, as uh, Liza Minnelli in the cocktail dress with the cocktail and glass. Wig. And she's fucking brilliant. She's amazing. And I mean, we knew we knew that the woman who plays Sheila can act mm-hmm. because we saw that scene where Sheila acts. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the transformation yeah. is... Just, like, I didn't recognize, I genuinely did stunning. not recognize her. You're so her. used to her being a she-wolf, yeah. and then suddenly she is Liza Minnelli. I mean, and Ruth's reaction to Sheila's ability to act is fascinating. Yes. And it's this... Because that's her gimmick. It's her, it, she is just sort of broken by it. Yeah. In, in a really think, understated way, but she's broken by it. I think she's experiencing a huge existential crisis throughout the oh, time. She's yeah. suddenly realising, because her thing always has been she's the best actor on the show. Yeah. And suddenly she realises she isn't. Sheila is. And if she's not the best actor on the show, then what is she? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, she sort of tries to be Sam's sidekick, but it's Debbie who's the producer. Yep. And so she... She's never quite there at everything she tries to hang her hat on. Um, but yeah, so but in this, this in what? this, in this episode, Melrose, who's Fortune Cookie? Because Melrose plays Fortune Cookie. Um, I cannot. Remember and she does. She oh, she does. plays Britannica. She plays Britannica. Of course, she does. Um, and Melrose does. She does a brilliant English accent. The actually. same. Melrose does the same. Shtick. Orient. Oriental, and I'm using the word Oriental in heavy air quotes here. I know how offensive the word Oriental mm-hmm. is in American culture. Less so in British culture, but in, in American culture, it's a problematic thing. It which really, is why we really shouldn't use which it. Which is why well. it's kind yeah. of appropriate that, kind of appropriate here. 
Because she's using all of those stereotypes. Saying, now the song, Britannia rules the waves again. Yeah, right. It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> we've only got 15 ships in the Navy. Um, it's, and she, she, play, and and she plays it. sent them all to where now? She plays, she plays the stereotype fortune cookie character brilliantly. Oh, it's horrible. As, it's horrifying. It's terrifying. Good at it. And she gets the crowd. It's so uh, racist. It and he was, is excruciating and to behold. Then they and and Jenny is furious and appalled, and Melrose can't see it. I feel so much for Jenny in that section. Just the way she sees, because they are best friends. Yeah, they are best friends, and to the betrayal and the the the. And, oh, it's one of those things. It's Melanie doesn't understand what she's done. No. Because the thing is, she hasn't done it out of... No, no. She doesn't know what it is. And this is why I mentioned that episode. Yeah. They, some, they appropriately go to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of the whole thing, isn't it? Enlightenment in the desert. Wow, Jesus, I didn't see it until right now. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. yeah. And it's, a lot of them reach enlightenment in the desert, actually. It's quite it's, and they have a conversation in the desert. Uh, I think they're, lo- they're lost, aren't they? Are they lost? No, they're not. No, they're, they're all, lost. No, they're all sitting around a campfire, Debbie but they don't Reggie have anything to talk about. As are, oh gosh, um, Reggie and, um, and yeah, right. Tila. Um, and Jenny explains to Melanie why she's upset with her. The thing with it, the whole, the way, the setup of the scene is Melanie is explaining about Seder and um, Jewish history and talking about, and she talks about the Holocaust and mm. her parents being Holocaust survivors yeah. and how she has to live. And then Jenny comes in with her response of, actually, I have lived what your parents have lived. Yes. You know, this is, this is my life. This is recent to me. This mm. happened to me. Yeah. Cause, and this is why it hurts. Mel- Melanie, Melanie talks about, oh, you know, to this day, you know, her dad has a, a won't live in a house without an attic in a basement yeah. so that they can hide if they come for them again. Yeah. Um, and and she, like, she, oh she's grown up with that yeah. as a parent. And you know, I've got Jewish friends uh, who are grandchildren yeah. of survivors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're one step more removed from it than that. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's but they st- clearly they, a But they still feel, feel it. They still feel it. And understandably so. Said, yeah. But, but this... I mean, what, there are still attacks on oh, the yeah, yeah. synagogues and what, to this day. And what, a, what Jenny is saying is that, yeah, it's, it's that's horrible and terrible what yep. your grandparents went through yep. and I don't diminish any of that but you didn't go through that yep. you you what you went through is growing up hearing about that that happened yep. to people that you love yeah I went through that yeah I was I was hiding I you know they would have come for me yeah and that's a that's a whole different experience and I think yeah. in the climate that we currently live in mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe and in the USA, um, I think that is a point that people need to have made to them with some force. Mm. Once again, it's a case of this show doing that thing. Yeah. And it does it. And it's, it's, it anything that's happening in the zeitgeist is happening in the show. I mean, Glow is a show about women wrestling. And it has, I think, in the, in the shelf talker for the Glow comic, I, I think I'll just put Glow. All the glitter and hairspray you'll ever need. Yeah. Um, and it is that. Yeah, it is. And it, you can look at Glow and you can watch Glow at a surface level and it's bright and it's neon and it's funny 
And then you think about it, and it's so deep, there's an echo. Yeah. It's... That's what I love about it's, it. It's, it's such... Well, it wonderful has that television. wonderful balance between comedy and drama. Yeah. Actually. Which is hard and, to pull and off. The, and, and the way it turns on a penny. Yeah. It literally turns. Like, one minute you are watching one thing, and then the next minute, it's just absolutely yeah, well, it's I, amazing. It's, it's not even that it switches from, the, from one scene to another and does that. It does that within the In the, the scene. scene, yeah. Right there. And the dialogue. Some of the some of the dialogue in some scenes are just phenomenal. It's so yeah. poignant. Mm. Like um, the scene between um, Rhonda and Carmen, where she's talking about how people just view her as just some. Well, she says sexless, mm. and Carmen yeah, people just look at oh. the set that like, I come sexless. People yeah. like, I want in... a boyfriend. I don't want anyone yeah. in particular, but I want a boyfriend because people come to my room. When somebody else, their roommate is having sex, I was going to say that they yeah, never think that I am. Yeah, yeah. they never think would think that I yeah, am. Yeah, because because that's what happens. Isn't it? So, so, somebody goes to her to, to to go and sit in Carmen's room because their their roommate is yeah. shagging their boyfriend, and it's uh, yeah, and no, it never occurs to anybody that Carmen might be. Yeah, that's um, been it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's so yeah. It's, there's there's such depth. Mm. Um, the the performances are so subtle. Yeah. The writing is so subtle and nuanced, and the level of craft for an unsubtle show. Yeah, it's so subtle. It's a, it's it's a very brilliant. subtle unsubtle show. Mm. But I mean, I yeah, I, 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 it may have come from the pod, podcast before. I don't think I ever really mentioned it, but I was an English teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> words, yeah, words genuinely matter to me, mm. and the way words are used matters i notice shit like that yeah and honestly glow's a masterclass. yeah mm-hmm. um the, the the glow the people who write glow and the performers who perform the words that are written for them are absolutely at the top of their a-game they're mm-hmm. just stunning i was about to say if you want to go into any creative pursuit whether it be acting writing filmmaking watch glow because yeah. you will learn so much from it's it. It's true. It absolutely yeah. is true. It's a masterclass. It's yeah. a master. If you if you look at it, honestly, TV producers of the world, <laughs> if you're wondering how to do your job better, do it like they do glow. Yep. Because I don't think I've seen it done better by anybody for anything. It, it it's so perfectly crafted. It's a Fabergé bloody egg. It's awesome. Yep. It's true. Okay. Um. I'll walk out the room for a few minutes, and you can... <laughs> we can yell about the Do you know what's, what's, what's really frustrating about this is, um, if I go out the room for, for a few minutes, because we're using my phone as a backup recorder, I can't even go and check my messages. I'm just going to go and have to stand do outside you know the old do? shop. What you can, can take do? one of the Glow comics with you, and you can read it. That's right, I've read them all. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, mean, I should have brought more comics. I know what I'll do. I'll take one of the comics off the wall and read that. Oh, there, are still, there are still comics around here. There are, hiding amidst the non-Fabergé eggs. Anyway. Hang on, I'm not done yet. Okay, I can I can see that. So is it from episode... Which one? <laughs> um, He's missed the last three. So that'll be eight, nine. Eight, nine, ten. So we know the last one is the Christmas special. Which is what? Okay, it's safe now. It's safe now. It's safe now. We can talk about all the stuff that you've. It's safe now, listeners. (laughs) This is 
Male, white male who's left Aww. in the room. No, right, okay. lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so we have, Reggie has seen up to the season, the episode where they go to the desert, which is amazing. Yep. Um, so it's which we've AIDS just talked about. Ball. So the AIDS ball episode is um, amazing in so many ways. And like, mm-hmm. not just for the AIDS ball section of it, yeah. the whole arc of Ruth um, traveling yes. to go and audition to be in um, Justine's movie. Mm-hmm. And then. With the understanding that she's going to get it. She absolutely believes that it, it's a setup. She's and getting you know a job. what? It's understandable because that's how Hollywood works. If you know the director you know the right and people. the screenwriter, you know what, it's more or less a guarantee. And that's what she thinks. She thinks she's going for a guaranteed role and then she also goes there to tell Sam that she's in love with him because he's left because we're now at... That's what I want to really... We're at now, six, are we at six months later? The six months later has happened. We have moved yeah. on. They've done that whole wonderful episode where mm-hmm. they uh, just see Debbie's taking... It's the beginning of this episode, isn't it, where she's just taking her makeup off over and over and over again yes. and you just see the background happening. Mm-hmm. And for her, it's, it's that very brilliant piece of film making where you're seeing like it's it's a repetition yeah Yeah, it's become monotonous and this thing that was so much to her is not sam has gone and she's realized she's she's in love with him in the desert and she's lost in the desert lost in the desert um and so she hears it is a symbolic (laughs) it is for her narrative absolutely absolutely it's like that will never Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that classic narrative device, isn't it? They go and are lost in the desert, and you know, all thanks to the Bible, biblical greatness. So <laughs> she comes back, ready to tell Sam she's in love with him, and he's gone. And so six months pass, and then she hears from them, and she goes, and it's just so flat. Like her performance is dreadful mm. in the audition, and the um, Sam and you know Sam's that she response, could have done so much better. It's very weird, and um, Sam and Justine. I mean, Sam's like, yeah, we give her the job. And Justine's like, no, we don't give her the job because that's their relationship is very much that it's Justine's film, not Sam's film. Yeah. And then obviously Ruth tells Sam that she's in love with them. And And that scene's so brilliant. Hey, bartender, I love you. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) It is spectacular. Um, And when he then does the right thing of telling her you didn't get the job and it completely... Destroys everything, and she's meant to be on stage with Sheila performing the two the two a two man mm-hmm. show at the AIDS benefit, and she but then she delivers something far greater. Sheila does, or Ruth does. Sheila, does. Sheila does. Sheila does without Ruth because Ruth doesn't make it back because she lets her down mm. because of wanting to talk to Sam about. Yeah. Well, saying that she she does she does it still bearing Sheila in mind. I think she yeah. still intended to go back in time i think she probably did and then she just didn't and then just well <laughs> i think after that conversation i think w- would you be on a would you want to go back no would I... you want to face a four-hour drive after that probably not no um, I, I would say no Having, so it's yeah. so her, her actions are understandable um but then again i think there's the assumption that she's had the comp between episode eight and nine that there's been a conversation with Sheila and Sheila doesn't, because Sheila doesn't come across as being, being pissed at her. No, not at all. And, and I think that's part of her character and also I, I, want, I shouldn't assume, but I'm wondering whether there's been that conversation. 
we always have to assume a lot of off-screen conversations yeah. happen though don't we i think that's something that we generally have to assume around yeah. the, around every series ever but i think one of the things in this the, the aids benefit is such a a, a brilliant uh, episode and you know all the performances uh and and the idea that um, uh, Tex, whose name is not Tex, it's JJ. It's JJ. JJ. Uh, um, uh, Debbie does not tell him that they're going to that she's going to an AIDS benefit. And understandably so, because let's face it, he's a rancher. Yeah, I wouldn't tell him either. Um, I would be concerned. I think there's a concerns, valid concerns to have, and she is accepting and she does care. And then obviously it turns out that he's a good guy. Yeah. He's not a good guy. Spoiler alert, people. But he, at least it's he's not. A, a he's a not. <laughs> Does being not a homophobe does not make you not a misogynist? And it, and it was just an unfortunately, a, yeah, yeah. They're not synonymous, are they? No. But at least he's not a homophobe. And he, it, we have to it's be grateful. In the, in, it's, they deliver it in the simplest of ways. I had a nephew, my sister's boy, and that's a beautiful it. voice, just like those boys on the stage there. Yeah. And he just puts a water car. It's a lovely moment. It is a really lovely, because I was expecting the worst. I think a lot of people watching it will have expected the worst, because he's such a good old boy, and 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 it's so nice that it's not the worst yeah. from him at that point. Yes. Um, and, of course, Debbie, can I talk about the fact that she's dressed as Greta Garbo for a minute? Yes. And it made my uh, and I was heart like, explode. There is, there is a part of me that wants to one day have the excuse to dress up as well. <laughs> Everyone wants that excuse. Um, it's just a stunning. But I'm just praying because my friend has a fancy dress party for his birthday. Yeah, you're gonna just, do the. Greta. I'm just praying that one day that there will be a theme. Is, is it gonna be Debbie Egan as Greta, or is it just gonna be Greta? It's, it's, it's gonna be Greta. Uh, Mar- no, Marlena. It's Marlena, Marlena Dietrich, isn't it? Sorry, apologies. Sorry, it's, it's gonna be Marlena. I'm getting my my gay history wrong, and I feel like someone's gonna come for me for that at some point. But never mind. Um, D- don't worry, I've checked you. <laughs> But yeah, so that episode is amazing, and they have this brilliant AIDS benefit. They raise so much money for the first time because it's been organised by Debbie. She's taken the reins, and then the worst happens. The building is set on fire. The building's set on fire by homophobes. Yeah. They go outside. The spray painting. And, um, the... Was it running up that hill by Kate Bush? I I can't remember, but obviously they. The... I think it's running up that hill by, and it was just. I thought that was a brilliant soundtrack choice. Just like just... it's absolutely incredible, and and there's obviously they've got um the uh name of the Gina Davis, who is the manager of the Herald Hall place, yeah. has come on in her old showgirl costume. She's the star she of the night. She looks amazing. She is wearing literally nothing. She looks stunning, and I'm like, wow, the confidence. Gina Davis is a goddess. She yeah. is totally, and um, we should all worship at her feet. We really should, and she's there, and. That's that's you know it's, she's finally the star of the show again and there's this beautiful moment of her getting her moment in the sun you know and then literally the building is on fire and they go outside and it's Arthie's arc coming to its kind of mm-hmm. it's reaching its zenith Arthie Arthie re- having not wanted to to say she's gay having had that fear and that is a fear I know well like if I say this I can never go back if I mm. say this it changes me and the world and my relationship and there's to it so forever. much baggage that comes with so much. That label. Yeah, absolutely. Or with any label. Absolutely. And I was going to say earlier um, that the thing is with sexuality um, is that it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can get people who have had, let's take a straight woman, for example, who's had relationships with men her entire life. And suddenly a woman walks into her life and she falls in love. Mm -hmm, And it happens. and, and And that 
for people who want to who want to label everything that throws a spanner in the works. Yeah, totally. Like, what are you buying now? Are you? Yeah. Like, the need for labels is is. I feel like it's a very 80s thing and we don't necessarily need that anymore. But also, in a lot of ways, it's really useful to be able to go, these are my people and my people are hurting mm. and I need to actually stand up for my people. And I feel like that's something that I certainly try to do um, is to be openly and just straight out there, just a big old gay. Um, and I think uh, it's difficult and it's not fun. And um, Arthi commits to that in that moment she sees the spray paint on the ground and she, she knows it. that is an attack on her she knows that is her they are attacking her she knows that that is that's who she is and she needs to actually be mm-hmm. out now and she comes to that finally in the last episode yeah um what is the episode in between i completely lost it in my head uh, those are the two that, that stick the uh, christmas episode which is just yeah, glorious yes uh do, do. Is it the episode where uh, Rhonda and um, oh, yeah. Bash sleep with the yeah. gigolo who Melrose yeah. is dating? Well, it says here, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> um, that with Bash revealing himself to be bisexual, which I think that's fair, I think. Yeah, I think that's an interpretation of the text. Yes, mm. yeah. For now? Um, I mean, if it turned out that he was bisexual, fair dues, because... Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the episode. It is the episode where the BMX thing happens, isn't it? Yeah. That, that whole episode in between is very much about um, Bash trying to take control of an awful lot of things in the hotel, and it all going spectacularly horrible. Oh wait, no, awfully. I think. Hang on. Have we have we, mi- have we skipped an episode? I don't know. But there there was that. Mm. We're doing really well without Reggie. Yeah. Help us. We need a man. Um, oh, it, do you know what we really need? We need internet that functions better yeah. so I could get IMDb open, but I can't because... Um, well, it's just that I'm on Wikipedia at the moment yeah, no. and I have to go like this. So, so I think... skip to the Christmas episode because really that... Yeah, I think the episode... So the episode we just talked about was episode nine, mm-hmm. but I think the episode before that was just kind of leading up to the AIDS benefit. Yeah. So it was something where... An episode where that's where tensions were kind of building, yeah. but let's face it, nothing... It wasn't a spe- like a big event episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I suppose I was just skipping today. It's just, it's just yeah, what it is. Yeah. But the Christmas episode, which is the last episode of the season, which is <laughs> so a glorious, glorious Christmas special where they do um, Charles Dickens, uh, a Christmas Carol, but with wrestlers. Yes, and, and it's, it's Carmen's birthday. Christmas it's Karma's Christmas present because Ruth doesn't want to do it. Ruth is feeling miserable. Ruth has obviously come back from LA, no job, mm-hmm. no Sam, very sad, existential crisis, as we've said. Yes. Um, and so Ruth uh, doesn't want to do a uh, secret Santa, and uh, Karma says, "Look, you've got me, and I want to do a Christmas special because Christmas is my favorite thing." And so they do a Christmas special edition of Glow live in the L- in the the theater in Vegas, mm-hmm. and they do a, a, a wrestling version of um, a Christmas Carol. And the way it's intercut, the whole episode is intercut between yeah. you watching the Christmas Carol as performed by the wrestlers and what's happening with Debbie and Bash, as we mentioned earlier. Yes. Oh my god! So Bash obviously suddenly finds out that the guy he thought was a pool repairman is actually a gigolo who works yeah. out of the the casino, and he realizes, oh my god, everybody's going to find out that I'm gay or bisexual, as Wikipedia mm-hmm. would have it. Um, and you know, 
that's Don't ever believe fun. everything that Wikipedia tells Anybody you. can edit Wikipedia, don't use it for references. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the way it's intercut. Uh, Debbie basically has been treated like crap by Tex. He is not trusting that she's intelligent. He is being kind of misogynistic. She understands business. She is a producer. She gets all that. She's been running everything since mm-hmm. Sam left. And he won't give her that respect. So she decides to take it all out from under him with the help of Bash. And in return, um, she gets to run his entire TV channel that yeah. he's going to buy from underneath Tex. And he's gonna, she's going to give everyone jobs, but she can't tell anybody that. Which results in Carmen leaving. She decides she's going to go on the road with her brothers because they want her to start coordinating fights with them. Which is amazing and such a journey. Like when we I said earlier, her brother goes on such a journey because from being she unsupportive, very unsupportive, very much like you're a girl, stay at home, to, yeah, no, you need to come with us because you're better than what you're doing. Mm. Which is a phenomenal journey for him to go on. Especially in the 80s and in wrestling. Yes. So that's wonderful. And so Carmen's left. Ruth is going. Yeah. And the last scene with Debbie running through the airport for Ruth. Yes. I ship it. Um, so <laughs> Debbie is running through the airport for Ruth to try and tell her that she wants her to run a new wrestling show with her, with all new characters on her network that she's going to run. Mm-hmm. And she is says to Ruth, if it was going to happen for you, it would have happened. And you can literally see Ruth's heart snap. Mm-hmm. Like, losing Sam, losing that job, nothing. Compared to Debbie Egan, who is her best friend, her hero, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. say, you're not good enough. Yeah. I'm going to empower you yeah. by being a director, but you're not going to, you, you're never going to be what you want to be. And... That just that breaks her. That's when she finally snaps and she goes, "You know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with." I hope this is where fingers crossed. Season four. Um, <laughs> I just feel like if I say it enough times, it will happen. Yeah. If you're listening, Netflix, please, we're begging you. Season four. Um, that that this will be kind of the wake up call for her to maybe not take them anymore. Possibly. I feel like Ruth has been stag- has stagnated this season. Not as a character at all, but I think we've seen her, well, not as, I don't know. She She's had different types of growth this season. Yeah. And I'm really pleased about it, but I feel like her she, deliberately, from a story perspective, is stagnating. Mm-hmm. And which we see in that, like, the episode we said about the um, times passing in the background, yeah. and she is just doing that repetition monotonous thing. Um, and she's not feeling it anymore. And Debbie tries to give her an out and Debbie tries to lift her up and bring her with her, which is such a wonderful thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not what Ruth wants. And that comes down to the idea of like, help is only help if you want the help that's being offered. You know? Yeah. Which is not what Ruth is doing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as far as... Um, uh, sorry, what Debbie's doing as far as Ruth's concerned. Which I think is such a shame. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you're wrong, Ruth. You're wrong. Give up. Uh, I mean, yeah. I feel like Ruth is just the whole point of Ruth is that she's a brilliant actress. She's not just not being given a chance, and I feel that. Um, but the way that Debbie decided to, you know, basically she says, "I'm going to give you this amazing opportunity," but then this is going to be followed by a backhanded, yeah. Yes 
Come That's Debbie, though. Yeah. That's her character all over, isn't it? Yeah. She's always going to give Ruth that backhanded compliment. And they, they are the kind of... This, they're the kind of friends that do that, aren't they? This is the whole thing, isn't yeah. it? There are some people in your life who will always be horribly honest to you. For those of you that know me, it's me. I am Debbie. Um, who will just basically be that person that goes, look, this is how it really is. Mm. And if you're an idealist, and Ruth is an idealist, and yeah. is from set out that way from season one, to be given that that whole that slap down, that slap I mean, it, it harks back to that episode where, um, in her anger... Debbie breaks Ruth's leg. Yeah, it does a little bit. And she's she, trying to make up for that now. She she's on the hospital bench. When we were friends, we used to lay out my failures, like really like yeah. go into detail about them. Yeah. Just to make you feel better. Yeah. Um so I wonder if this is where Ruth has finally reached her breaking point. And she's going to come out of this and she's going to maybe just go for it, go out there and get find the opportunities for herself rather than just wait for it to happen. It's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, I really I have to wonder what they're going to do in season four. Let's be optimistic uh, in that in terms of what they're going to do with Ruth, who is literally walked away. Carmen's gone. The rest of them, I think, will will go with them to some degree. Yeah. Um, Arthur and her rainbow headband. Uh, will, you know, become a horrifying different stereotype. Yay! Um, and I think they will go with them because they, they are enjoying what they're doing as a mm. job. Um, and I think a lot of them are enjoying the job. They like doing what they're doing and it's fun and stuff. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see what Sheila's going to do because I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Sheila I'm and sure. Ruth will come up against yeah. each other in auditions and who's going to come out of that on top there I'm afraid mm-hmm. um, from Ruth's perspective well I was thinking maybe she'll go out and see Sheila in there or maybe like Debbie was almost mocking saying what are you going to do plays together like too much what if they actually go and do that yeah I mean <laughs> do yeah. it together rather than against each other that's an interesting thought like lift each other up I think that's an, a, in a way that is uh, legitimate and on an equal footing, yes. rather than the way Debbie has always been above Ruth. Yeah. Um, and that's how really how Ruth sees her, and Ruth has put her up there, I think, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. as well. I think that relationship is, is very complex and very messy, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really would like to see more of it um, if they come back together somehow in season four yes. and how that would interaction would go. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, how do you feel about the Ruth and Sam romance? I fucking hate it. Oh, wow. Okay. I just, oh, it pains me. It's pained me for three seasons. I, it pains me for many reasons. Number one, I think that it's unnecessary. I genuinely, I generally feel like there are an awful lot of uh, TV shows which are about people that put, romance in for no no particularly good reason but at least with this there's been at least a road map like it's not just come out of nowhere no no it's not been there yeah it has it's always it's been, been there. it's, it's built, always been it's there. built up it's definitely built up all the way through and um, ruth realizing she loves sam is a fascinating uh, revelation that obviously leads to nothing but heartbreak yeah <laughs> um but See, I, I don't know i think the way sam treats her and the way sam sees yeah. like she takes him out for dinner and and like I can see that she's seeing that as a friend thing. Like, yeah. you know, you could be friends with a guy and he won't, he doesn't, he, to me, he refuses to see yeah. it that way. Um, I, he's like, you took me on a date. And she's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I just it. I think it's. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I kind. I think I'm on the opposite side. That's fair. Um, I. I, I'm not going to say I'm the polar opposite. I don't love it. Like I'm like, like fangirling <laughs> over. I'm not going to go home and write some fanfics for because <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. <laughs> I think it's an interesting narrative. It's interesting, and I think if they go forward with it, uh, they need to tread carefully. But I think it could be done well. And the thing is, and I don't, and I understand how painful the redemption, like how woman can be used as a redemptive device. Yeah. But in real life, there have been men where they've had women by themselves by their sides on equal footing, who have actually brought out the best in them and actually have made them realise, actually, I need to be better, I need to improve. And I think that's what Ruth and Justine have done for him because with Justine coming into his life, he's realised, okay, I think I need to step up. He has a heart attack and doesn't tell anybody, which I have a real problem with. Like, that whole thing was just wild to me. Like, yeah. I, I don't I was like, I, I knew exactly what was happening. Oh, absolutely. From and the moment it started. Yeah. Yeah. I just still don't understand. Yes, again, great filmmaking. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. But um, I think it was mainly, though, because he... Didn't want to ruin her day. He didn't want to ruin her day, <laughs> and I don't think... And I think he didn't want to traumatise her and want to eternally have her eternally associate that day with him. There's a huge him. part of me also that thinks that she he didn't want anyone to see him as weak. And doesn't... Which, and, yeah, again. And, and he also... He doesn't want to have to change. Because, like, we see he's still I don't drinks. think it's got anything to do with that, I don't think. I think... It, well, that's the self-destructive type, and that's uh-huh. uh-huh. He's got issues. Um, <laughs> and I think that's why I have a little bit more sympathy for Sam. Because I come from the family of men who were like, Sam? Sam? Yeah. Um, here's why I don't talk to my biological father. <laughs> Um, oh if, 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 if you met him, Sam looks like an angel. Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. No, not cool. Um, fair. Fair. I, I think I. I don't know that I've had so much therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not just glow that goes there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, everyone in between. Yeah. It, it, so yeah, I, I think Sam. He's had a lot. He's complex. had a lot of. Yeah, he's complex, and he's had. He's actually had some growth. He has had some, some, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. He has definitely had some growth. Um, I think it's really interesting that he's not in the last episode. Oh no, he is. Is he? Where? That they're in a diner. Oh, that like for two seconds. He yeah. gives it. He gives his door a, a Christmas present, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. But like he's not involved with any of the mm. the wrestling. He's left. He's not part of that anymore. And that so those last few and episodes. And do you know what? Fun. That might be good for him. Maybe. I think it'd be very interesting to see what the series does with people splitting off from wrestling. Yeah. Um. And I think I really will be interested to see if they show him and Justine and their relationship because I find that actually more interesting mm. than him and Ruth. I find Sam and, and Justine's that, relationship yeah, building it building a a relationship as an estranged father yeah. um, with his daughter working in the same industry and their understanding of the industry being different generation generationally, I think is going to be very interesting yeah. to see. And I find it more interesting. And, and yet again, it, he brings, and I think this is why I have a soft spot for him because <laughs> his daughter brings out the best in him. And yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, well, actually, no, I'm not going to say I've 
that's, that, that's not that's not a great way to put it. It's and not healthy. So, no, it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he would certainly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think for me, I think it'd be more interesting to see Justine and Sam's story separately, maybe Ruth and Sheila's story separately to a degree. I definitely would like to see how Carmen gets on on the wrestling circuit with her brothers and more of her braiding her brother's hair because I love it. Mm. It's that really lovely family um, closeness that I, I just love in, in TV, especially, you know, seeing guys being vulnerable in that way, which yes. is quite, which I find and, lovely. And maybe that might be a way to move forward to Sam's character. Yeah, definitely. If he's going to carry on drinking and maybe not doing exercise like the doctor ordered. I mean, it, 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 he has lost weight, so I'm assuming he, that, yeah, again, off He's been dating the rowing machine, he said. He's been dating um, the rowing machine but he's still drinking so, so it'll happen again until and i'm sure and it'll happen when just that is a plot device absolutely yeah. huge plot device isn't it it's huge um so that'll be interesting to see definitely but yeah i mean like i said i actually would like to see them revisit the whole ruth and sam romance but you know let's just hope that they handle it well who knows who knows? I mean, Genji Kohan, uh, spoilers for Orange is the New Black, uh, is responsible for the death of one of my favourite characters um, at Puse Washington, and she has a tendency uh, to just be wantonly cruel. Fabulous producer, incredible like body of work, love, but that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we can, I feel like wanton cruelty could be a nice direction for Sam. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. I think it'll be interesting. But yeah, I'm interested think, to see all the other stories yeah. branch out and what's going to happen. And mm. will Cherry and her husband adopt a nice child? Because that's what they yes. were talking about. Lovely thought. And he'll stay home, he said, so mm-hmm. she can have a career. Yeah. And Debbie running a TV and network. And you know what? I so actually much. have a lot of faith in Glow because they have a way of beautifully um, subverting. Absolutely, they definitely do. Not subverting expectations. <coughs> okay, friends. <laughs> we subvert expectations. Yeah. Uh, no, what you do is you set up, it's a, and then you decide to not follow through. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think uh, the way that uh, Glow does things... Uh, no, is... they don't get, deliver the payoff. They decide, oh, here's the payoff. <laughs> Let's throw it into the fire. <laughs> Very literally in the way of Game of Thrones. But no, um, uh, yeah... Uh, Glow definitely does, um, it telegraphs things and then you see them later and I think that's really, uh, it's, it's lovely to have been able to spot them early and I think that's yeah. so nice and we're yeah. seeing that with a lot of characters now. Mm-hmm. Should we fish Reggie back? He looks terrified. <laughs> I did give him my, my most uh, uh, gentleman from Buffy smile through the window. <laughs> that was very much a gentleman from Buffy smile. I didn't smile. do the hands though. And sorry to the listeners, I've just talked while walking past the mics and recording in stereo I hope so. Fun! That would have felt weird. In fact, to the point that I'm probably going to edit it now. Right. Well, that was a long five minutes. Sorry. There were three episodes to get through. Oh, and people talking at length about a thing on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, stroke radio show. Um, and I was going into some personal shit. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> uh, let me know if you want me to cut anything out. <laughs> so, uh, that brings us to the end of this discussion of Glow. There may be a season four. If there is a season four, we will jolly well be talking about I it. I have faith. They produced us. And if that isn't a season four, we might talk about that. As we did with Jessica Jones. As we did with Jessica Jones, <laughs> yeah. Still um, was that left on such a cliffhanger? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. So it was. Oh, God, don't start her off again. <laughs> um, so, um, if you are a new listener, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you didn't, you can let us know by emailing. And do you know what? There, there is an email address for this podcast. It's geeks at the gate. Geeks at Gates. No, 
Is it not Geeks at the Goats? No, it isn't. I can't remember what it is. And it doesn't matter because I never check it. So don't, <laughs> don't email us there. <laughs> but if you do have something to say about, about the show, uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. We are... You can visit Rudge in the comments. We are Geeks shop. at the Gates. Yeah, we are Geeks at the Gates on Facebook. You can comment on the show notes for this episode, which is in the blog section of the Destination Venus website. Or you can email info at destinationvenus.co.uk, which is the shop's email address. And I therefore have to check it. And I therefore will see and respond to your email. If you're just going to be nasty, don't bother. But if you've got constructive criticism, we would love to hear it. If you've got nice things to say, that's even better. Uh, If you are listening on the radio and you would like to subscribe to the podcast and hear me say fuck, um, (laughs) then you can do that. Uh, just search for Geeks at the Gates wherever fine pods are casted. I actually don't think I've said it today. Have you not? I don't think so. I mean, it's usually punctuation to me. So. It is. I, I don't know. When so you listen back, you'll... you'll yeah, I, I, I apologise. We are quite sweary. If um, I haven't said it, I think I deserve a I prize. Think... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's me who's been the biggest um, So uh, we will we will leave it there. I've got no idea what we're talking about next because uh, we've, we've got at least two podcasts here. Sorry, I'm going to have to start on them episodes, aren't I? Because they're not just podcasts anymore. We've got at least two episodes here, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff we want to talk about in the future. We'll be back next week. Uh, probably with... Uh, well, actually, not with more about Glow, because this will be the end. This is, this is the end of part two, isn't it? Yes. We'll be back next week with something. And... Oh, God, it's all going horribly wrong. And until then, uh, be kind to yourself, be kind to everybody else, and remember, we are geeks. We are standing at the gates, but we are holding them open so that everyone can come in. We don't do gatekeeping here. Enjoy whatever it is you enjoy. Love whatever it is you love. We will see you soon. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire Shall we, shall we just say that was implied? Yeah. <laughs> uh, implication of thanks. There we go, we've got our... Oh, there you go, that's the episode title. We've got a collection of episodes. That's the episode title, The Implication of Thanks.